Lauren, that was an enjoyable show. It turned out nothing like I expected. Uh, you know, I started this morning thinking we had a guest, had donuts in hand and everything, got to the station and uh, got a call. Guest couldn't make it in due to the little cough that's been going around. So we uh, were prepared to just talk amongst ourselves, and then we got we got some special callers. We did. And I had a really, had a really nice time. Uh, I won't give it all away right now. That's all right. But um, let me just say I'm bursting with pride at the moment. I really enjoyed the conversation with you initially and then with the callers. And uh, it was a lovely episode. I'll put it that way. And uh, I look forward to listening back to it once or twice and many times after that. Sounds good. There's some inspirational, inspirational messages in there that we could all use. Before we get to the show, sir, what would you like to say? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. And uh, while you're online, you can take a look at uh, what we've got going on, our great events, our, our trips, our wine. We make wine, and it's delicious wine. And I would love for you to have some, and I would even like to give you a, a special deal. What do you think, Lauren? Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Jones Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's right. It's free to join. Information is on our website. You get a chance to try all of our wines. You get a nice price on the wine. You get invitations to special events and happenings, uh, not only at the winery, but out and about as well. And what I do is uh, I show you a good time with fine wine. Well, I'm glad to hear you had a fun cruise, Judd. Yeah, thanks. It's nice to be back. It's good to see you. And um, I'm looking forward to many more fabulous shows with you, sir. That's right. Shall we listen to this one? Absolutely. And now, enjoy the show. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host... John Finkelstein! <laughs> I think you just broke the board there. Thank you, Lauren. Good to see you, man. What's happening? It's been oh, a while. Nice to have you back, Judd. It's wonderful to be back. I'm very excited to be here. We have a very special show today. Okay. Because once again, it's just you and me. On the way over here, I got, um, I got a call. Our guest uh, caught whatever crud is going around. Will not be coming in. So you and I are going to spend a little time catching up. It's been a few weeks since I've been here, and uh, we're going to see what's happening with Lauren Mole. We're going to talk about where I've been, and uh, we might jump around a little bit, but it's going to be a fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun time, and I'm I'm very happy to see you. Tell well, me, I'm tell happy me. Happy to see you, Jude. Tell me everything. 
What have I missed? You sang at the uh, baseball game? Well, hold on. First oh, of oh, all, oh, oh, hold sorry. on. I jumped the gun? You jumped the gun. Okay, sorry. Okay, first, let's go back to uh, March 22nd. March 22nd, I went to see <laughs> uh, the Justin Siena High School uh, production of Encore at the Lincoln Theater over in Yonville. Yes. And it was a spectacular performance. The cast and the crew, uh, they all did a magnificent job. Uh, the reason I have connection with them, my mom went to Justin Siena High School. Wow, you're, uh, it's like a legacy there. It is. Yeah. So your mom went to Justin. You went to Napa, I believe, right? Yes. Is there any rivalry there between you and your mother? No. No. None whatsoever. No, just Napa and Vintage. I guess that's true. They have Justin Justin used to have it with St. Helena. I don't know if that's still the case or not. But um, but that doesn't cause any problems in the Mole household. Oh, oh no. Okay, good. Not at good, all. Good, good. We just no. want peace and harmony, of course. Right. Um, so they had a great production. A fantastic production. They always do. It's a renowned theater program over there. You know, all the schools locally seem to be on board, as it were, with upping the quality of their drama department, their music, the productions. I think I've seen uh, something at all of them over the past couple of years and have been very impressed. In fact, just before we left town a few weeks ago, we went and saw Mamma Mia up in St. Helena, and I, I was floored. The production quality, uh, not only of the, uh, the set – the way it looked, the music, the band they had, the teen performers were outstanding. Of course, they had uh, former guests, uh, Craig Bond as the musical director and Patty Coyle as the, uh, as the director of the show, um, who are renowned. But they, they really – I felt like I was in, in a big city at a big theater. It was of that quality. And I'm, I'm just so pleased to have that here in our local Napa community. So – Justin, St. Helena, Vintage Napa, they're all doing great work. Oh, Congratulations, local youth theater. Right. And then uh, two days later, uh, yes. me, me and the rest of the Everybody is a Star crew, which for those that don't know, is a nonprofit organization in Sonoma that helps special needs individuals uh, showcase our talents in professionally made broadcast quality music videos. Uh, we were so lucky and so honored to have been part of the Golden State Warriors farewell season at Oracle Arena singing the Star Spangled Banner one last time at that particular uh, location. Paint the picture for me. Tell me how that all went. Uh, okay, so uh, the Warriors uh, invited us again for the sixth year in a row. Uh, they told us that it would be our last time at Oracle uh, before moving over to Chase Center in San Francisco, which we're all very excited about, well, including this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we closed it out with a bang. We hit a slam dunk. Tell me, tell me. Bring me there. Describe in detail what it was like. From the moment you arrived, your limo pulls up. There's a red carpet for you leading right into the VIP room for the performers. And then what happens? Uh, and then we, uh, we take our seats uh, inside the arena, and then we wait for the, uh, for the game to start as the 90-minute clock uh, starts counting down right there on the scoreboard. Yeah. And then we, we all rush off to the side of the arena – by the way, I actually ran into Vernon Glenn uh, while I was there. He's the, he used to be on Channel 4. Or he's the sportscaster. Now oh, he's yeah. on, on Channel 5. Yes, okay. And, and so and then we all came back into the arena, and then uh, we, we, knocked it out of the, we knocked it out of the park. We had a spectacular performance, like we always do. And this was uh, the Star Spangled Banner. So yes. You were kicking at the it off. Warriors game. Yeah, you're setting the tone. Blend against the uh, the Pistons of Detroit. And you, you, I mean, you're the first thing. 
that's what happens before the game starts. So you're responsible. You're like the warm-up. You got to get the fans on your side. You got to get them hyped up for the game. You got to raise their spirits so they are engaged in what's about to happen on the court. That's right. And, and we you did, did it. it. You did it. We did. You did it. And then we we saw the whole game and the Warriors won and I even invited a good friend of mine, uh Joseph Aldridge. Uh, he lives just uh down the street from me. Yeah. And me and my mom and dad were kind of nice enough to invite him. <laughs> you are nice enough. You are you're more than nice enough. You're you're a, a generous giving person. That's right. So your buddy and you had a good time. We did. We had a wonderful time. Good way to for for us everybody to start to say goodbye to Oracle Arena. Nice. How many folks were singing? Ah, uh, about 20. Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, even even my mom joined in with the chorus too. Really? So she came out are are you in center court while you're doing this? Center court. What a thrill. That's what right. A thrill. Well, congratulations once again. I imagine you'll continue doing this even with the move. Uh, right. Yes, we will. And with the Sacramento Kings starting, well, we don't know yet. Incredible. At Golden One Center. So folks can find out about your appearances, uh, you and also everything that Everybody's a Star is up to by going to what website, Lauren? www.everybodystar.org. And while we're on the subject, <laughs> yes. we also had another performance uh uh, a few days later, on Saturday at the, not this Saturday, but I think it was uh, uh, March 30th, we were at the uh, Sonoma International Film Festival, and I got to do my uh, my emceeing there as usual, and uh, some of the other stars performed their videos, and we had an incredible time. And the feature film that day was Ploey. Have you ever heard of that film? I don't know that one. Uh, I think it might be a film from uh, another country, like from, I think it might be from Britain, from from my perspective, it's about a flightless bird. Uh, it's a computer animated film. Okay. It's about a flightless bird who fights through uh, through winter, and he's struggling uh, too much to fly. And I hope it. I hope somehow there's a resolution to this problem. There's a story arc. He somehow has an epiphany. He does. He changes somehow. Hopefully for the better. Uh, it has an uplifting ending. It does. Okay. He good. finally learns how to fly. Ah. Did you just give it away? Do I need to see this movie now? or Probably not. We kind of know that going in, right? Well, based on what <laughs> I saw. Okay. And I'm sorry that I'm a little stuttering. You know, uh, <clears throat> something hit me. Whatever crud I think is going around that our guest today was hit with got me just before I left town. And I'm over being ill, but that lingering cough here. So I apologize to uh, you. I apologize to the listeners who have to... Listen to my scratchy, breathy voice and my um, <coughs> but um, I'll do my best to get through this. So I appreciate that you're here and that we can have a conversation and you can do you can do some of the talking too. You've been wanting to guest host for a long time. Maybe maybe today's the day. Well, you want to take over at this point? Well, I gotta sit over there at the board. Yeah, I tell you what. Why don't we switch places? <laughs> Come on over, folks. He's actually doing it. Lauren is is now leaving the studio because you have to go out. And then he's running. He's running to come in the other side. Oh, you hear that squeaky door? And he's now on. There goes the microphone. This is very exciting play-by-play, by the way. He's fumbling a bit with the, uh, gracefully fumbling <laughs> with the headphones. They're on. He has repositioned himself in front of the other mic. He is now on the host side of the board. Welcome, co-host Lauren Mole. You know, oh, thanks, Jeff. I think I kind of feel better on this side anyway. Okay, well, wherever you're comfortable. We want, you, we want you to be comfortable. Anything else you would like to talk about that you've been up to over the past few weeks while I've been uh, out of town? Ah, well, 
nothing else I could think of at, at this point. Okay, well, if something occurs to you, please, by all means, yes. pop in. Sure, yeah. So, so Today's how a was conversation. your cruise, <clears throat> It was wonderful. It was wonderful. You know that I, I have been repeating over and over my belief that travel is an important part of gaining perspective on this world and, and human life, exposing oneself to other cultures, immersing oneself in other places, uh, I think is just so valuable. And I often repeat the quote from Mark Twain, and I'm going to do it again right now. And I might do this every show. I just, I, I, I'm so dedicated to this idea. And I think we can use this more than ever, this feeling of understanding. This is the quote. Mark Twain wrote that travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. That was Mark Twain in The Innocence Abroad, and um, I take that to heart. I take that uh, pretty much as seriously as anything else that I can grasp onto from any type of literature. And we can talk about that a little bit. So, yes, we got out of town. We were in uh, Europe. It was a work trip. I've been talking about this for a while. Once a year, uh, I lead our wine club and other fans of Judd's Hill Wines on a trip somewhere. Uh, last year, it was up the Mississippi River, and we had a phenomenal time. The year before that, we went and saw Alaska and uh, a little bit of British Columbia. Well, this year, we, we went a little further afield, and we went to Paris, France, and uh, did a cruise, a river cruise on the Seine River up to Normandy and then back to uh, Paris. It was a round trip. And it was absolutely delightful, eye-opening. It, <clears throat> you know, I brought my kids. We made the decision to take them out of school. Nothing we took lightly because I'm also a firm believer in education. But I also believe strongly that uh, travel is about as valuable an education as you can get. So we did take along homework, talked to the teachers. They were doing their homework along the way. We were uh, sending it back digitally. But along the way, you know, they really got exposed to so much. And uh, one of their classes, they were actually studying Europe. And so it was really exciting uh, to be in Europe and to be in the culture, in the language, hearing people uh, speak French, speak, well, it's not just French you hear in France. I mean, of course, that's mostly what you hear, but it's such an international place. Well, Paris, uh, for sure, you hear just about any language imaginable. People from all over the world are there. And um, <clears throat> there were a lot of, how should I put this, uh, soul-touching moments along the way. Um, for me personally, uh, for me seeing my kids in these situations, seeing my kids kind of discovering aspects of a different culture really fulfills me. And I, I've realized this, and it, it doesn't necessarily need to be in another country. I saw this uh, along the way, making discoveries up and down the Mississippi River and in Alaska as well. But over there, to see them in a very new environment where they're, where they're hearing another language, where they're experiencing, uh, well, for example, you know, there's a uh, French cuisine and, um, over there in France, uh, snails are considered more of a delicacy than they are here. You can find them over here in certain restaurants, but, uh, 
you know, it's one of those things. And our nine-year-old, uh, we sat down for our first lunch um, in Paris, and uh, she asked, do they, do they serve snails here? Because she had heard that's kind of a thing over there. And I looked at the menu, and I saw the escargot. I said, what? Well, yes, they do. And I thought she would just maybe laugh at it. I don't know why. Maybe she, I just thought she would think it's funny. But very seriously, she said, can I order them? And I said, do you plan on eating them? And she said, yes. I said, well, then by all means, please do. <laughs> you know, these are, the, these are the moments I'm talking about where you discover, uh, you know, pieces of culture that you might not be as exposed to. Uh, as Mark Twain wrote, vegetating in one little corner of the earth. You know, when you get out, these are the, these are the kinds of things. And, and something as simple as seeing my nine-year-old take delight in being served a tureen of snails and popping one in her mouth. You're giving me such a look right now, Lauren. I wish there was that webcam. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to get at the new place. Okay. But I have no comment on that right now. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And 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 she enjoyed the experience and it gave her a sense of being in another place and uh soaking in that culture. What do you think? Would that be high on your list uh to pop snails in your mouth? I don't think they can hear you shaking your head. On Absolutely the, uh, not. Not. Okay. So tell me, I know you're pretty traditional when it comes to food, um, but if you were to travel, what types of things would you want to do to soak in and get the experience of being in that other place? Uh, there are things like you know, visiting museums or just taking in art. There's people watching. There's music. There's food. There's reading. There's conversation. What... Tell me what, what would excite you about traveling. Pretty much all of the above. All the above. With, all of what with, you just said. With some boundaries, one of them being eating snails. Have you ever tried it? Never have, never will. Well, hey, 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 never will. That's what, I, that's what concerns me. And I'm not saying, you know, that you're, you're being closed-minded or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, get yourself in the experience. Maybe you'll open yourself up to it. They're not high on my list. I mean, I, I ate one, but it's not something I, I would crave. But it did give me a sense. Somebody's calling. I'm oh, curious let's to see. see. Let's see what's going on here. Hello, uh, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, oh, my goodness. Is this who I think it is? Yeah. Is this, is this the, the snail eater I was just speaking of? Yes. <laughs> so so this, must be, uh, this must be a call from my children okay. who are on spring break, which is why I guess they can listen to the show. Ah. So, uh, hi, welcome to the show. What would you like to talk about? Uh, snails. Okay, well, tell me your experience, Ruby. Ruby, you are nine years old, and I was very impressed throughout this trip. You took every opportunity to experience a food that you had never had. If there was something unusual to your, you know, to your existence, something you hadn't experienced before, you impressed me with the way you embraced it and relished in experiencing these new flavors and tastes. And you want to tell me a little bit why that excited you? Um, cause I was excited to try new food from the culture um, you said that I tried it with no hesitation, but you never said if I liked it or not. <laughs> okay. So, okay. And so what is the answer? Did you like it? Yes, I did like it. You did like it. I did notice, you know, you didn't finish your whole plate, but you did eat it without without question, and you did seem to enjoy it. Would you have it again? Would you order snails again? Um. Yes, if people would share with me. 
Oh, and that is because you want to share the experience or you just don't think you can eat a whole plate of snails? Both. <laughs> okay, well, as long as I've got you on the line, and is your sister there? Uh, yes, she uh, okay. is. Okay. Well, we can, well, well, let's put her on in a moment. So from your perspective, my dear, um, this was your first time being in Europe uh, on the continent. You had been in England a few years ago. But what were some of the things that stood out that really made you feel you were in a, a new place? And I've used the term over and over, but kind of soaking in this new culture. What were some of the experiences that you really enjoyed about that? Um, well, obviously, eating is one of the biggest, but also seeing other monuments that you would like that are interesting that you wouldn't see in your home place. So the Eiffel Tower. Yes. And um, the Louvre. The Louvre Museum. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, mostly everything, yeah. Now, do you want to talk about your experience going to the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral? Sure. I know it was a little upsetting when we uh, saw that on the news yesterday that it was burning because we had just been there. And I know that you really enjoyed being there. And then throughout the rest of our trip, because we saw that towards the beginning, we're looking at different churches in the different towns and seeing the similarities in the architecture, you were very good about noticing the uh, influence of that iconic place on other churches in other towns. Well, I noticed that all the churches in the towns were called the Notre Dame. That means, like, Our Lady. Mm-hmm. I Also, the biggest similarities, well, one of them were they all had rose stained glass windows. Oh, the rose stained glass windows. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Anything else you want to say about that? Not really, no. Okay, so we talked about you had the escargot. What were some of the other uh, food takeaways, things you liked, things you didn't like? Uh, It doesn't all have to be positive. You know, you travel to get all kinds of experience and gain perspective, and some of those perspectives can be... uh, Things you didn't like. But you want to talk about things you liked and also things you didn't like? I liked um, duck, but I don't like foie gras. Okay. You like the duck, but not its liver. All right. Fair enough. Lauren Uh, made another little face over here, by the way. I just (laughs) smiled. Oh, oh, that was a smile. Are you a liver eater, Lauren? Are you a... Is Lauren a liver lover? (laughs) No, he's shaking his head no. Okay. Okay, so... Yes, duck, no foie gras. I really liked the nougat. Oh, that's right. We were in the town that one of their specialties is uh, nougat candy. That was in Enfleur, kind of at the north end of the Seine River where it empties into the, uh, the English Channel. And then I really liked, well, Paris does um, a croissant. They do a croissant contest, so which one's the best croissant in Paris? And uh, that's the best croissant I've ever had. It was amazing. We were passing by this little little shop, and uh, the woman we were walking with said, you know, we should probably stop here for a moment. We are just walking by somewhere else, but she let us know, and then when we went in, we saw the trophy. It had won, the, I think it's a national 
annual croissant competition in France, and this was the winner. That was delicious. Do you remember the name of it? We could tell our listeners who might be heading over there because I don't have it yeah, in front of me. You do I know the name? It. What is it? La Maison d'Isabelle. La Maison d'Isabelle. Okay, look for it. I think it's in the uh, sixth. Was it the sixth arrondissement? Someone can correct me. Yeah, it was the sixth arrondissement. Oh, very good memory, Ruby. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. Any other perspectives you want to share about uh, your your experience over there? Oh, yeah. Can I talk about one thing that I liked in Portugal? Okay. Yeah, we headed to Portugal after our uh, after the river cruise. Well, if you want good um, clams, you have to go to Portugal because they're very fresh and they're from the river or somewhere. I think the, the but ocean there. But, yeah. Yeah. And if you want, like, the best garlic clams you've ever had in your life, you <laughs> yeah, you have to go to Portugal. And that was something. I didn't know you as a clam eater before this trip either, so. I don't. I know. This really opened up your, your, your cul- culinary, almost said culinary, your, these braces trip over my uh, lips take, here. Take your time. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. These, the braces, I can't wait till they're off. And trying to eat clams with braces, by the way, they stick everywhere. We don't need to get into it. But um, I'm very glad that you became a culinary adventurer and that this trip uh, opened you up to that, Ruby. Thanks for being a fun travel companion. Does your sister have anything she wants to share about her experience? Well, here she is. Okay, great. Hello? Tallulah, is that you? Uh Uh-huh. It is. Okay, Tallulah is 11, pushing 12 at this point, and... um, also, first time in continental Europe. Anything you want to share? Some of your experiences, some things that struck you, good or bad. Feel free to share. Um, <laughs> you, I don't really know what to talk about. Can you give me more specifics? Well, Ruby was talking about some of the sights that she enjoyed seeing, uh, some of the foods she ate. Was there anything, you know, I noticed that you were picking up some vocabulary, and then able to use words to communicate with people, which I thought was wonderful. You were picking up some French words, some French phrases. When we got to Portugal, you were picking up a little Portuguese. Do you want to talk yeah, about well, enjoying uh, learning a new language? Well, I didn't learn a lot of it, but yeah, I did pick up a little. Um, I didn't know anything <laughs> of Portuguese. Yeah. So... You taught me the word for thank you. What, what was it? Sorry. <laughs> Obrigada? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you used it very effectively, and we're making friends along the way. Yes. But I like learning new languages, so that was pretty fun. I tried to communicate best I could, but I couldn't speak a lot of it. That's okay. I mean, I think just through your actions and your smiling and your being open to the new experiences communicated what you needed to when there was a language barrier. You know, the people that we were with, either guides or uh, people in restaurants or shops, could understand your enthusiasm for being there. And that that went uh, a very long way to having a great experience. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Any one or two experiences you want to share before we have to go to a uh, break here? Um, well, I liked in France going to all the bakeries. Oh, sure. <laughs> of course. 
Yeah, like that food tour that we took. Uh-huh. That was really great, seeing how the famous bread is all made and that chocolate shop. <laughs> yes. We, I'm trying to remember that name, too. Uh, Jean-Charles Rochu, I believe. Uh, beautiful, yeah, that was amazing. Beautiful chocolatier. And you got a... Like, yes. Stuff that looked like sculptures, like wood. Like, it looked like things that you would make out of carved wood. But I didn't even think it was chocolate until they're like, oh, yeah, it's chocolate. And <laughs> it looked like some, like, since they used some different colors, chocolate... Some looked like toys, too, mm-hmm. and I thought that they were just models. Don't tell anybody, but I, I thought that one was just a plastic model, so I touched it. Yeah, we, won't, then, we won't tell anybody. We, nobody yeah, will, nobody then, will find out about this. Okay, and then, and then um, I'm like, wait, was that chocolate? And they're like, yeah, because they were very strict about touching all the beautiful chocolate. But well, sure. But I understand because it was so amazing and delicious. But I'm mad at the lady at the airport who took our chocolate away before oh. we could get on the plane. Yeah, that was a big bummer. We well, we got some chocolate home, um, but there was the uh, that cocoa oil that was so delicious. Apparently, it was and then the, um, just a little bit over out. the limit, a little bit over the limit of what we could carry on, and they confiscated it. Ugh. Oh, well, we'll just have to go back and get more and, and pack it I in our check-in. I was almost crying because I was so excited to eat that chocolate. <laughs> I know, I know. I, so good. I almost cried, too. It was quite delicious. Hey, do you guys want to hang on for a couple minutes? I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about the kindness event that happened over the weekend that you were a part of. So as long as you're – I wasn't expecting you to call in, but as long as you're on the line, can you hang out for a few minutes? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, we've got to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with uh, more talk about European adventures and uh, kindness and compassion. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. And now, here he is, Napa Valley's ambassador of good times and fine wines, John Vingelstein. Thank you, Lauren. What else you got? Oh, you're listening to 1440 <laughs> KVON, the voice of Napa Valley, and starting later this year on 96.9 FM. That's right. Thanks, Lauren Mole. Today, we started the show without a guest, but we've had a surprise phone call, and it's my kids. Uh, are, are you still there? Uh-huh. We've been here for the whole time. Okay, good. You didn't go anywhere. That's nice. You hung on. I appreciate that. We were talking about your experiences uh, traveling. And what do you think? Is this something you'd like to continue doing? Did you enjoy the overall experience? Uh, yeah, for sure. Good. You didn't mind the long flight? Oh, um, yeah. I minded that. But that's oh. the one problem. I didn't mind the long flight as long as I got to try new experiences in the other countries. Well, that's a very healthy attitude. I think it kind of <coughs> – pardon me. I think that um, – <clears throat> I'm, I'm not big for sitting in a plane for hours and hours and hours either, but I kept thinking <laughs> it, it, it makes it – it makes it – it's worth it to get – to do what we got to do, so – how many flights did we take for the whole during the whole trip? How many? Uh, that was four flights. There was the long oh. one going to Paris and the long one coming back from Paris, and then we had uh, 
the short ones from Paris to Lisbon and back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I liked the shorter flights better. Yeah. Yeah. Except they didn't have as much, but that's okay. I just don't like being in sitting, and the air pressure really hurts my head sometimes. Uh, yeah. Well. Most of the time. Okay, well, we can. We there are ways to deal with that, and 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 good to know. Let's talk a little bit, my dears, about this event over the weekend. We got back late on Friday, and then Sunday, we, um, well, we, I say you, but your mother and I were there too. But you girls were featured on a panel at the Cameo Cinema up in St. Helena, they did an event spotlighting kindness and compassion, um, mm-hmm. which featured a short film called Take the Hill, which is all about Dick Grace, uh, a fellow vintner here in Napa Valley and humanitarian who has really dedicated his life to helping people, especially children, and it was quite inspirational. And after the film, there was a panel of speakers who represented um, different fields and different generations of, uh, well, of people who are involved in promoting kindness. There was Dick Grace himself. Uh, there was Father John Brinkle, a retired Catholic priest in St. Helena. Uh, there was Tanya Pearson, the principal of St. Helena Elementary School, who's doing quite a bit to build understanding. And, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm sorry about my, my little uh, cough here. And she's got her anti-bullying uh, campaign. And then there were the two of you uh, representing Napa's Be Kind movement. Do you want to talk a little bit about that experience and the inspiration there? Um. So you wait. So you want us to talk about the origin or what we did? I think that event. I've had you on the show. Well, you can. You can. Yeah. Why don't you recap what Be Kind is briefly? I'm gonna let Ruby do that. Okay. So kindness. Okay. So, Be Kind is a project we started to spread kindness all over the world, and we do events about kindness, and we have a group called the Kindness Kids who does community service projects and birthday parties for homeless kids. You are very concerned with... uh the welfare, especially of other kids, but really at the community in general. And it's very admirable. I know I'm biased. I'm your father, but I still think it's very admirable. But, you know, I'm certainly not the one asking you to sit on these panels and go to schools to speak. So obviously other people appreciate what you're doing as well. So in this past uh, weekend, um, I felt it was a great honor to be up there with those other folks. And let's talk about, let's talk about the experience. Uh, Ruby, I think, well, everybody in that theater was very moved by the film. Again, the film is called Take the Hill, and it's about Dick Grace. And afterwards, there were a lot of folks uh, crying, uh, emotional. It is very inspirational. I had a very beautiful message about compassion. And Ruby, you particularly were quite affected by this film. Do you want to talk about what you were feeling when you watched it? So I was feeling very happy that a lot of people cared about people in need, but also I was sad because people, it's kind of sad to hear that people in need, like that there are a lot of people who need help. 
Mm-hmm. And what 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 was the message you took? What kind of inspiration did you get from that? Kindness and compassion. Is and what do you what do you yeah. feel your your role in spreading that is? Well, it's very powerful. And I feel like everyone should take the message because it can really change everyone's life. This is true. Um, It really became very apparent that even the smallest gestures can make a huge difference in someone's life. Dick Grace was talking about, uh, this wasn't in the movie, this was just him talking afterwards about a ring that he has that he had made, and it shows the sun rising, and that is a reminder to him that no matter how dark you might feel or if you're depressed, that there's always going to be some sunshine somewhere. The sun will come up, and the message I took away is to to be that son, to be a kind and compassionate person for yourself and for others to affect that change. And he said on the other side of that ring is the Golden Gate Bridge. And he told the story about, pardon me, about somebody who was planning to jump off the bridge and at the very last moment hesitated uh, just enough to be saved for people to grab her. Uh, before she could jump off and um, when asked why she just you know when she got to the spot in in the middle of the bridge why she just didn't jump over why she hesitated for a moment she said another person walking by not knowing she was about to do this but just smiled and said good morning to her and that tiny gesture I mean the simplest thing that takes relatively zero effort and doesn't cost a penny saved this person's life. To me, that was a very powerful message that we all have the power within ourselves to make life better for ourselves, for each other. Uh, This compassion and kindness is, it's a gift and it's something we're all capable of displaying. There is, you know, we didn't talk about this, but I was thinking about, there's a song and, uh, my friend, Brother Brendan, who is a Benedictine monk, sang this song at our wedding uh, coming up on 16 years ago. <laughs> and he had the guitar and he sang. It's, it's an ancient Jewish or uh, Hebrew uh, phrase. And it was put to music. And that is mitzvah goeret mitzvah. And translated, that means one good deed begets another good deed. It's the idea that if you see or if you do something nice, an act of kindness, and somebody witnesses that, they are more apt to then go do something themselves or do something back to you that's nice. The idea that just one little kind moment, an act of compassion, can spread out and spread out and spread out like um, you know giant ripples. And uh, it's something I hold dear, is that idea. So whether you say it in the old uh, Hebrew text, mitzvah, goerit mitzvah, or just think one good deed begets another, that's a bit of a mantra to me 
now. And it keeps a smile on my face and it keeps me very conscious of who's around me, how they may be feeling and how I can interact with that person uh, or people or organization to uh, affect a positive change. And then they can go out and uh, continue that. What did you guys take away from that day? Well, I, the day we saw that movie, I took away a lot of hope that everyone would be happy mm-hmm. and kind. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. And that everyone would, yeah, just be happy and kind. And and you were out there doing something about it, which I think is wonderful. Now, Tallulah, you were very clear and you made a special point to say that even though you and Ruby are out there talking to schools and talking on panels like this and are very visible uh, for Be Kind, you wanted to make the point you're not the only kids doing this. You want to talk about that a little bit? I thought it was beautiful that you you certainly didn't want all the credit. There are other people out there working with you let's talk about that yeah i just really wanted to make that clear that me and my sister um are not the only people who are spreading the pins around yes we did start the movement like well we didn't create the pins but we started the movement if you know what i mean but we're not the only people who are doing it because other people feel like this is um, sorry, really important too. Mm-hmm. So I just really wanted to make that clear, like with our kindness kids group that anybody can join. And there are kids all over the world who let me pass pins out to, and even adults who are like, oh yeah, can we order some pins so that we can spread it around here? So then we ship them pins. And then they do their own thing, or they create, or they make more pins. And, like, there's a girl in Chicago, her name's Phoebe, and she she really liked our idea, and now she is even going to have a kindness walk coming up. And In Chicago? In Chicago, yeah. Inspired really by this, be kind. go to that. Yeah. yeah. I do, too. And so... I just, and if anybody who's listening, or you can tell anybody who you might be interested in, our group, the Kindness Kids, um, we do a bunch of activities, and if you want to get involved, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Well, if somebody wanted to get involved, I think the best way is to contact uh, Be Kind Napa, which is your your movement. Well, there is the website, which is BeKindNapa.com. The Facebook page is a little bit more dynamic, and you can get a message through via the Facebook. And that's also BeKindNapa. And that will have upcoming events. It will have uh, photos of the things you're up to. Pardon me again. But as an example, I think Ruby mentioned the birthday parties for homeless kids. And this, I think, is really something beautiful if you'll forgive me, I'm just going to explain it the best I can, is that you've seen a need and have partnered with another group who is able to identify uh, kids who 
well, families that don't have homes, either through shelters uh, or, or other organizations, they're identified and contacted. And what you will do as the kindness kids is arrange a place. And I do want to say thank you publicly to uh, the Roundtable Pizza on Redwood because they have been great about letting you reserve their party room. Yeah, and, really great. And giving a nice rate on the food and drink. And so what you will do via the Kindness Kids email list, <clears throat> pardon me again, and anybody who would like to actually be involved or at least be on the list to know what's going on, again, can contact you through Be Kind Napa Facebook page and um, you know leave your email and you'll put them on the list. So an email will go out with an online sign-up sheet saying, okay, this is the date uh, and the time it's going to be it's been at Roundtable Pizza. We need decorations, and you'll find out what the theme that the kid likes. It's been Harry Potter. It's been Disney, on and on. We would like a cake. We need some gift cards from Roundtable Pizza. Here are some gifts that the kids, kid would like, and here are some necessities. Maybe even if it's clothes, blankets, a shampoo, toothbrush, that type of things. That will all be listed on this online sign-up. And I've got to hand it to you. The last few that we've done – Within about 20 minutes of that email going out, that list has been full. It's yeah. amazing the way people have stepped up to contribute and be a part of helping a child have one of the great experiences of childhood, which it's really saddening to think that many kids don't get to have this because yeah. a lot of us take it for granted, having a birthday party with their family. Um, and then you go set it up. And then leave before the family shows up so they don't feel like anybody's, you know, watching. Can I add one thing? Yeah. Okay. So we try and not only do it to little kids in elementary school and younger. We try to um, also bring it to teenagers, too, because, you know, um, even teenagers don't get a birthday party or they never have had one. And even adults should need birthday parties too. <laughs> it's it's definitely fun for us too. There, that's for sure. But I'm very proud as your father and as a community member. I am proud and thankful that there are people like you. I'm not saying just you. Of course, I'm thankful for you. But as you made a point, a big point. There are others who support this and are part of it as well. And I want to thank you for starting it and engaging the community in your Be Kind movement. We have to start wrapping up. Are there any last thoughts you would like to leave uh, our listeners with? Did you bring us donuts? (laughs) Sorry, the donuts are actually here in the studio currently on Foster Road. That's true. Uh, Yeah. You know, we I did pick up donuts, and then when I found out our guest had uh, canceled out, there is just a box of donuts sitting here. I was going to do a giveaway, but you know what? Since you have been my guest, you have no, been my no, guest. No, fine. You can give away if you want. No, well, there's not much time now, and you have been my guest, and I, I get the donuts for my guests. So, uh, in in honor of us just returning from France, I bought buttercreams. Uh, they call them French curler donuts. So we're going to try those. I haven't had one before. I'm excited. So happy birthday. Are you talking to me? Yes, I am. How did you know it was my birthday recently? Oh, I have no idea. 
<laughs> thank you, my dear. I sure appreciate that. That's lovely. Yeah, I want to thank everybody your favorite gift that you got. My favorite. My favorite gift. My favorite gift is the love and support of my family. Yeah, it's thank you, but like so. <laughs> okay, okay. I wish I had them with me right now. I had them yesterday and got many comments. I was given a pair of socks with my face, a photo of my face as the repeated pattern on them, as a <laughs> lovely gift from my adorable children, and I, I love that pair of socks. Uh, thank you very much. The the gang up at Kelly's Filling Station in Yauntville, I was wearing them, they noticed, they said, we want to sell these custom socks. And I said, oh, you want people to be able to have their picture on the socks and you'll sell them? Like, no, no, no. We just want them with your picture. We're going to sell the socks with your picture on it, I said. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I think they were kidding a little bit. But, but they do have some fun uh, items there. It's not just for getting gas at Kelly's. It's uh, delicious hot dogs, great espresso, and other gifts, wine, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Girls, thank you very much for calling in. Thanks for Uh, having us. I appreciate it more than than I can possibly even uh, describe. Yeah, we did not expect this. (laughs) Well, neither did I, so thanks for making it happen. Have a lovely day, and I guess I'll see you in a little bit. Thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. Lauren? Yes, Judd. What do you say? This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gillamar production. And thank you, sir. It's great to be back. Ah, thank you, Judd. Judd's Napa Valley Show.